0: Ready, set, and begin. Soloquacious, an Out in Perth podcast. Welcome to Soloquacious, a podcast from Out in Perth magazine. Soloquacious is where we discuss everything from politics to pop music, activism to art, and all from an LGBTIQ point of view. My name's Graham Watson, each week I'm joined by my colleague Lee Hill. Hello and a special guest. In this episode, we're going to be asking the questions, what can we do to help more people gain a good understanding of what it's like to live with HIV? Dolce & Cabana have a new fashion line featuring rainbow families, and we're asking, is that good enough to get them back in our good books? And finally, we'll be asking, should gay families be part of the debate on marriage equality? We want to give a big shout-out to one of our sponsors.
1: City Signs are the experts in large-scale design with high-quality large-format digital print and vinyl signs. They have the ability to create stunning moving displays with full vehicle wraps. Find out more about them at city-signs.com.au.
0: Welcome to the third episode of so Loquacious. We want to give a huge thanks for you listening to our new podcast, and if you haven't added it to your favourite podcast yet, just hit the subscribe button on iTunes or follow us on SoundCloud. There is so much going on this week, but first let me introduce our guest, Mark Reed recently celebrated a milestone of 20 years of working at the WA AIDS Council, and each year has the massive task of organising StyleAid, the huge fashion fundraiser. Hey, Mark. Hey, Graham. Lee. What's it like... Hi. Hello. <laughs> What's it like working somewhere for 20 years? The longest I've worked anywhere is seven.
2: Um, look, it's... It's really interesting working as I'm over 20 years because the interesting thing for me, I think, is that I've had the experience of working under a whole range of different CEOs and managers and different teams and seen a great shift in people working in the organisation plus um, the change of the epidemic over that time, which has been really interesting for me because before the AIDS Council I worked at people living with HIV AIDS in WA so have been working in amongst the HIV AIDS epidemic for over 30 years now. So it's it's... it's been constant, but, you know, I think because I've got a
0: passion for what I do, that's why I stay there. And constant change. It's just Constant change. Always changing. And I saw on Facebook this morning you put a picture of some of the planning for StyleAid that's coming up, uh-huh. of you storing out the timeline that just looked daunting to me. It's just, <laughs> <laughs> there were all these boxes and squiggles and dates, and it's just a massive task.
2: It's a massive task. Look, we start in the events in August this year, but it was in July last year, and we started in September last year. Lee, have you been to Starlight?
1: I have. I went for the first time last year. It's one of my first assignments working here, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it was quite exciting. It's such a
2: huge
0: spectacle. Yeah. Stuff going on. Oh, and wait for this year.
1: Mm.
0: Bigger and better every time. <laughs> It's, it's timely that you're our guest this week because there's actually been a really interesting HIV-related story in the news which made us sort of ask the question of what can we do to make more people in Australia understand just the realities of living with HIV. Here's the story. This one um, is in the Star Observer. It's a Scandinavian man who's been spending summers in Australia for the last 20 years he was denied a tourist visa to come to Australia this year. And the reason the Department of Immigration said that the health concerns, the burden that he would put on our health system, was just too much. Uh, This 60-year-old man takes one tablet a day to manage his HIV, and he brings his own supply. It's just shocking that this would happen in 2016.
2: Mm. It defies description for me. When I was looking at it and, and, and reading about it, it was like, what is going on in this country in 2016 that someone who's probably healthier than a lot of most people are, at 60, who has, a, has an apartment in Sydney that he lives in three months of the year with his partner, brings his own medication, has no problems with his health, his doctors say that he's healthier than a lot of other people, is denied the ability because it's going to be a drain on our health system. It's not. It's
0: yeah. not going to be a drain at all. And it, just, it was really surprising when this first arrived, just seeing the, the response you know, people had to it. That you know, it's a long time. You know, in, in the early days of HIV, there was travel restrictions and things, but mm-hmm. that's a long, long time ago. Mm-hmm. And we, I thought we were so far beyond that. I thought we were so far beyond that. I, look, I know immigration does a lot of testing
2: with people that are looking at at emigrating and visas and those sorts of things. But if you're only coming in for as a tourist for a three-month period of time, it's a joke. It's really a joke. It shouldn't mm-hmm. be something that's happening. It sh- they should basically be going. You've come in for 19 years. Here's your 20th year. Why are we going through this process now? You'd think we'd be celebrating someone who has a holiday here every, tw- every ah, year. Exactly <laughs> right. they are spending
0: three months of the year here spending their money in the country. Mm. The Department of Immigration has sort of come back and said, like, they just screwed up. They just got it wrong. But I thought there's just sort of under had an underlying sort of bit about just the general population. Do we really understand how HIV... Is, is no longer, you know, the death sentence, there's no longer doom and gloom. Mm. That, you know, for most people living with HIV, life is just fairly normal.
2: Correct. And that's absolutely right. For the majority of people now it's just getting on with life. You know, and it's a chronic manageable illness now. So you're going through your life, getting on with life. But it's dropped out of out of people's consciousness in a big way. And I think that my my fear with this is that this is somebody who's been quite vocal about what he's gone through. Mm. What about the other people who don't have the confidence to be public and open about the fact that they were rejected from coming into the country for this reason because immigration's stuffed up?
0: Is this the tip of an iceberg? Correct. And, and normally, with most things, the answer is yes. Mm. You know, mm. it, we'd find in most cases, there's some others normally found if you have a deeper look. Be interesting to know. Lee, do you think mm. younger people have an, a better understanding of what living with HIV involves? <gasps>
1: That's tricky. I, I was actually having a conversation with a few uh, straight friends the other day, and I found myself explaining to them the basic basics of what HIV-AIDS is. I was telling them about what PEP is, what PrEP is. I mean, they didn't even know um, how it could be transferred. They thought you could get it through saliva and things like that. It's, and, but that's not just people from outside the LGBT community, people within the community my age and younger. They don't know anything about it. They couldn't even
2: tell you what it stands for. And that's a, I, that's a beautiful point, because one of the, the issues that we're grappling with at the moment is all around PrEP, pre-exposure mm. prophylaxis. And the fact that in our community, there are so many men who could be accessing it that don't even know about it mm. and don't know the benefits that it could have for them in terms of staying healthy and staying well and not contracting HIV, mm. It's it defies description for me, because in the eastern states there's a huge push in community there are people who are standing up really proudly mm. as advocates for PrEP whereas here you know ha- trying to have discussions about it people go what's that yeah we are long not understand way oh my god yeah. are we ever
0: they have the trials going on in new south wales and victoria mm-hmm. and queensland they just announced one of those trials is about to get much bigger yep um the queensland minister i think this morning said they didn't rule out making the um you know the trial in Queensland bigger yep. but on this side of the country we've missed out on that we, which it must be a contributing factor people not knowing so much about it because you're not meeting people who are like mm. I'm part of the trial, I'm, I'm using it You know, here's how it's changed my life
2: and isn't it interesting though that we have shows that have been on in the last 12 months like as, a, as you know, mainstreamers how to get away with murder where they talked about PrEP looking, that was, that was um, all over um, Foxtel talked about PrEP, Mm. but people didn't twig what it meant for them and Mm. and how it could actually improve their you know, how they have sex and how they get on with their lives, it's just mind blowing.
0: Slowly and slowly we seem to be getting there though
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's like we need to be banging the drum, saying we want access to this now, we need our health department to come out and give us a thousand places for men who are are going out there
0: to have access to it, to stop the spread of HIV. Mm. What kind of things do you think we could do on a practical level as a community to just have more discussions about HIV, to to have more people understand what the facts are as opposed to what I learned maybe in high school 30 years ago?
2: Yeah. Look, it's really difficult because there are not a lot of people that are still open to talking about the HIV status. Mm. It's really interesting that in 2016, 30 years after an epidemic hit us, there are only a handful of us that are prepared to say, hey, I'm HIV positive, I'm living with the virus, and that's what it means to me. And I understand where that comes from too, because I've run groups and worked with with guys who are newly diagnosed and mm. who've been diagnosed for a long time. And the issue is they're scared of community knowing because there is still so much stigma in the LGBTI community. Yeah. So much stigma and people, fear of rejection, being able to get into a relationship, You know, even just the notion of having casual sex and when do you tell someone of your status and what does that mean? And it's crazy because that fear of rejection, and you just need to get one really bad rejection and it just stops you from having that confidence to talk about what it's like to live with HIV. And I think, you know, even in our own community it's a real issue and it's really hard to get that visibility Mm. and that information out there.
0: Yeah, and and even from a a non-romantic point of view, if you see your friends rejecting people who are HIV positive, then if you discovered you were HIV positive, you're not going to tell your friends if you've seen them have that behaviour. Yeah. Correct. And so it must spread quite quite widely across the community.
1: One of the first times I was triggered to have a conversation and think about HIV, AIDS in a broader sense, was uh, seeing it represented on television. Mm-hmm. And I think that would be a great way to start a conversation if we saw characters on television dealing with HIV, AIDS in various forms of having the virus.
0: It's interesting. I worked in the television industry many years ago, and I went to a big TV conference, and uh, they were talking about sort of how, you know, how is advertising going to work in the future in television? And there was a person from an advertising company who said, you know, rather than us putting ads between the show, things like product placement, but more detailed than that, actually getting into the show, like getting influence in the storylines. Hmm. Um, is actually more powerful because yeah. if they said, you know, we could run an ad about, say, people driving too fast, mm. but if we can kill off a major character and home it away in a car accident, yes. that would actually have far more impact. And it was really interesting because there was someone from a, a You know, the ABC went, well, I think this is outrageous and, Mm. you know, this is a terrible thing for our industry. This will never happen. And um, someone from the commercial network stood up and said, oh, we we already do that, (laughs) which was an interesting point. But, you know, if you could think, if you could get a character in a major story, something that people are very connected with or someone on one of those big shows, you know, all the TV came back on this week with all your big tentpole shows. You know, if we saw people in those...
1: That's like what uh, Mark was saying. They mentioned somebody using PrEP on how to get away with murder. Yeah. And pink media in general around the world jumped on that story because everybody was so shocked (laughs) that it was being shown. That they were so up to date.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were were actually... They'd actually done their research about modern gay relationships and the impacts that it can have. And, you know, looking, we expected it because it was all about gay boys in San Francisco. Mm Mm-hmm. It was just so out of left field, and I'm watching this episode and I'm going, oh my God, Mm -hmm. you know, they're talking about it, and here it is on commercial television. It's fantastic. Look, we still don't have, you know, particularly good representation of LGBTI people people in series, (laughs) let alone getting them to take (laughs) HIV on as an issue. I'd love it if they would do both, but that's
0: the difficulty. We've still got one episode Looking to Go, they've just filmed their yes. final episode wow. and do you know an interesting story the, the makers of Queer as Folk want to bring it back oh god I'd love
2: that yeah, which one the American one the or American the one.
0: Oh wow if Monday nights would be set again oh, I know <laughs> hallelujah <laughs> <laughs> bring it back <laughs> but maybe maybe it's you know better to leave it as it is do we want to see those characters because you know the, the actor who plays uh, Justin um, has recently been Mr Robot of course he's in his 40s now Yes. You know. oh
1: yeah the blonde guy
0: yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. when I looked and I went I know you. <laughs> and then I realised where I knew him from. Randy Harrison's his name. Yeah. I have so much useless trivia in my head. i not so <laughs> good at quiz Night. <laughs> Another story which we thought was interesting this week was um, last year Italian fashion duo Dolce & Gabbana got on the wrong side of uh, the LGBTI community. Interesting, got on the right side of far right wing politicians um, where they described rainbow families as having synthetic children. They later apologised. And retracted their comments, but now they've got a new fashion line which features rainbow families. Now, can this help them towards redemption? Is any good? And uh, I wonder if fashion can help decrease the stigmatization that you know rainbow families sometimes feel. Do you reckon this puts Dolce & Gabbana back on track with the gay community? <laughs> I just
2: I think that. Do you know what they realised that they were missing? They were going, potentially going to have a boycott, mm. and all of the. The people in the community that would would go out and spend a lot of money on their clothes Mm. were going to stop. Because you had people like Elton John coming out and going, this is not good. Mm. Um, So it was going to have a a huge impact on the bottom line. And I hate to be cynical about it, but I think that they've done this to try and win the community back instead of actually coming. Because they were being honest first up. Now,
0: have you seen the new line they've just brought out? Mm -hmm. Honestly, what's your take on it? fashion wise there's no fashion about it at all <laughs> my god
2: considering how amazing their fashion normally is there is no fashion there's just these strange little cartoon characters on handbags Okay, is what it is yeah right. and on t-shirts it's yeah. like no sorry just doesn't work at see, all see
0: I, I would say like I'm, I'm not a great follower of fashion I would love to be but it's just something I find a little hard to get into and I looked at that and I thought that's just terrible mm-hmm but you are a follower of fashion. Mm, I try to be, and it was terrible.
2: <laughs> I looked at it and I went, I wouldn't go out and buy a satchel with this little couple no. with the children on it and no. walk down the street with it or wear a T-shirt. It was, it was seriously, it looked like a $15 barley T-shirt. <laughs> it did, had no fashion value attached to it at all. <laughs> and I really think they're just doing it to try and get back into the, the good graces of the community.
0: Lee, are you a, a follower of fashion?
1: No, no, I can't pretend that I am. You do have
0: that one shirt that people give good comments on. That
1: <laughs> one the shirt? The Flamingo one. Oh, yeah, that's from, like, Target or something. I don't know.
0: <laughs> what I thought was surprising, though, is that um, a lot of conservative commentators did pick up on the Dolce & Gabbana mm-hmm. comments last year. Erica mm-hmm. Betts is reported to have used it in the debate mm-hmm. for why we should have a plebiscite, although he then said he didn't do that. But he has mentioned Dolce & Gabbana on other occasions. He has. And quite often they say, you know, that... The gay community just treat children as accessories. It does surprise me that Dolce & Gabbana have then put rainbow children and families on an accessory. Yeah, yeah. Like, that one really hasn't been thought through. No, mm.
2: no. And look, it, it it's just it, ridiculous. It, re, it really is. There's there's no fashion value in it. They're trying to get a, get people to come back. They missed the boat. Yeah, it seems
1: very utopian. Really easy. Yeah,
2: yeah, because they they haven't changed their ideas. No. They still I still think that they believe what they believe, but yeah. they've just
0: realised they made a mistake. Penny Wong's on the cover of the monthly, um, and has been out talking about how the debate about marriage equality uh, is very hurtful to you know gay and lesbian people who have children, mm-hmm. who I guess a lot of the argument against marriage equality says you know we've got to think of the child and uh you know children are lesser if they have same-sex parents and which uh she said this is the most hurtful part of it and this should be left out of the debate can we have the marriage equality discussion without talking about children
2: that's a yeah i don't know i don't know whether we can because the reality is that well we probably can because um people in the community are going to go out and have children whether we have marriage equality or not. Mm. We're going to continue. Mm. You know, I had my kids 30 years ago. You know, my daughter's 30 years old this year. You know, I'm about to have grandchild number five. So we've Mm -hmm. gone against that notion that having, you know, gay people bringing kids up, they're all going to turn out to be lesbians and um, or gay boys. Hasn't happened. My kids are both very heterosexual Mm -hmm. and my daughter can't stop procreating. So (laughs) she has not... Tick the boxes that anybody's expecting of her, you know. We have, you know, fifth grandchild on the way, you know.
0: It's a very frustrating debate because I mean I had to debate um, local MLA Peter Abetz on Channel Nine about this last year, and he brought this issue up. But and as I said to him, I said, but Peter, you know. People already have families. We already allow Mm. gay couples to adopt. You know, we allow people to use IVF. This is all things which we already had a discussion about society. We already approved. Um, And the people who are arguing against this really want to take that away, Mm. you know. um, But they don't talk about that. They just say this is what marriage is about. But if you nail them down... And we've been doing it for 30 years Mm -hmm. in
2: community. You know, it was... Certainly when we, we had our daughter, it was still very early days and not very many people having kids in Perth who were, you know, out there openly as a gay couple or gay and lesbian families, Mm. blended families weren't happening, but it was the start and there were more and more as the years went on and people, if you want to have kids, are just doing it now. Mm. So this whole marriage thing is not going to stop that from happening. The only thing
0: it does allow is allow the parents, you know, the same-sex parents in that family to be married and be more stable, Mm. which would seem to be all the values... The people who are arguing mm. against this argue for. Mm. Correct.
2: just Correct.
0: doesn't make any sense to no, me. No, it doesn't make sense to me at all.
2: And, no. you know, and my grandkids, my oldest grandkid, and my, and my kids have said, oh, you know, if we want marriage equality to come in, it would be really good if you'll get married. We probably never will. We've been together since year dot. So it's, it's not an issue for us because it was never mm. an issue for us back then. Mm. But that they see it as, you know, legitimising the relationship that they know that we've got. And what here are kids out in the suburbs. <laughs> have you thought about what would you wear to a wedding? <laughs> do, you know, do you know my biggest fear is that as soon as this becomes law, and it's going to, I'm going to have 150 weddings to go to, and there's going to be so many things that I've got to go out and buy. Oh, Seriously, I, I have well. missed out, because I've only been to a few weddings, mm. but I know that so many people I've talked to are, are, will go and get married, and I'm going to have so many presents to buy. Mm. So many. It's like, I need to start stocking up now. I need to have a little room <laughs> that's just got things Whenever in it. Whenever
0: there's a toaster sale. To Correct. Sale to 10. <laughs> Another set of crystal it, darks. <laughs> it will be huge. I went to, I was in New York um, probably about 12 months after Marriage Equality was approved yeah. in New York. And I was there on holiday. And I walked outside a shop and a big truck went by and it had a billboard on the back. And it said, Gay and Lesbian Expo on. Uh-huh. And even though I was on holiday, I thought, well, I've got to go see that. <laughs> <laughs> and... The first part of this was a little bit scary because you go along and, you know, we have um, Pride and, you know, Gay and Lesbian Community Services, Living Proud here. We have all those sort of support mm-hmm. organisations here in Perth. But when you go to it in New York, there's actually like five of them. There's like New Jersey Pride and there's New York Pride and Long Island Pride. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, you see all those things mm-hmm. times five or six, which is quite mm. bizarre. Yeah. But the other thing was a quarter of it. And this was in something like twice the size of our convention centre. It was just massive. But a quarter of it was weddings. Yeah. It was a massive industry. Yeah.
2: Absolutely. I know so many of my friends that are looking forward to the day that they can do that because they see it legitimising the relationship. I think it's brilliant. Mm-hmm. You know, I will always be an advocate for marriage equality. I might not want to get married myself, yeah. but I will always fight for the right for the people in our community that want to, to go and get married because I think it's really important to people. Mm. And why should they go and do it? But it will be huge. I'm going to have... I'm I'm gonna I'm going every time there's another salad, Mara or David Jones, I'm going out there and I'm going to start buying glassware and dinner sets and
0: because you can now. imagine
2: the, the wedding registers will be everywhere oh, yeah. and you'll be going in to tick
0: things off. And Lee, do you get invited to a lot of weddings? Is it something in your social scene? No,
1: actually, um, it's been surprising looking back at my high school. A lot of people have gotten married and had babies. Um, not getting invited to any though. Thank God. I've only been to
0: like four or five in my life. Mm. Yeah. You know, and generally people I'm related to. Yeah, actually, the only wedding I've been to,
1: I was the best man and it was my mother.
0: (laughs) I don't. I would. I support marriage equality, absolutely. I don't know if I personally want to get married. It's very similar to you. I've, Mm. you know, been with my partner for, it'll be 16 years next week. Mm -hmm. Um, Fantastic. I don't think I'd be able to do it for giggling. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Look, this is our. We have our thirty-fourth anniversary this year. We've been together thirty-four years, and it's just like, it would be like. You know, I have this romantic ideal of what do you wear, and do you, you know, matching suits, and do you walk down a an aisle? How do you do it? And it's like, it could be whatever you like. It could be whatever, and it's like, we're at the stage in our life where people give us useless presents. Mm Because we don't need anything. We've got everything we want. We're happy in our lives. And, and it would be just about legitimising the relationship, I think, for yeah. people. I don't feel the need to do it. No, I've no, still got things I want. So. <laughs> <laughs> Gee.
0: <laughs> Big house, got space. <laughs> no. Lee and I went to... A, we were at a wedding last this week, though. Oh, we were. We forgot about it already. But Whoops.
1: We, <laughs> we weren't there for the ceremony.
0: But uh, we went down to photograph two guys from Scotland who got married here oh. in the consulate. Oh, wow. And the uh, figures had just come out that morning saying that actually over 200 Australian couples have got married in uh, British consulates mm. in the last two years um, since it was approved that you could have a marriage. Yep. Um, if one of the partners is a British citizen Yeah. Um, but we actually went to two guys who were here on holiday oh. and they had their wedding here one of the reasons was of course lots of their family and their friends are in Australia mm. so it was you know, cheaper for them to come here and they always come here in summertime anyway and uh, we took some photos of them out Fantastic. in the park. So.
1: I, I think it was really great that um, one of the fellas, I've forgotten his name, unfortunately, said that you know part of the reason they wanted to get married here, besides being able to do it with their family and friends, mm. is to kind of send a message to Australia. Mm. Be like, we're gonna do it no matter what your laws are.
0: Graham and Patrick were their names. Graham. And Patrick. I only had to remember one of those. <laughs> yeah, that's right, because the other <laughs> one just was just there straight just a, away. a different spelling in my own name.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Look, and it's going to happen. Mm, it's it's an just answer. a matter of... You know, it's interesting, because I was listening to um, Parliament today. Mm. Back um, today. Back today, listening to Parliament talking about... And, and Labor got up s- several times and mentioned marriage equality mm. and the mm. fact that t- um, Turnbull's been backtracking on, you know, the whole stuff, whether it's climate change or whatever, backtracking specifically yeah. and saying we need a plebiscite that's mm. going to cost $160 million, which is just the most ridiculous amount of money, to waste. spend on something when... They're now saying the majority, the majority in, are in support. Will be in support. So just bite the bullet.
0: But it's been quite funny this week because first they came out and said, and this has been Australian Marriage Equality's, you know, um, sort of target they want to do for a while now, mm. is to actually show that there's the support there in the Parliament. We don't need to spend 158 million bucks. Yeah. Um, they also brought out a survey this week which said that people in Malcolm Turnbull's own electorate overwhelmingly um, support a parliamentary mm-hmm. vote. And a couple of the sort of more conservative groups came out and said, well, this is just, you know, the uh, Marriage um, Alliance said this is just Sydney elitists telling the rest of the country what to do. And then another poll came out saying <laughs> so that people in National Party, yes! uh, rural seats, actually also um, yeah. does it. And this seems to be a pattern that comes every time. A couple of years ago when the Labor Party were debating to change the policy of WA Labor, there was a debate at their state conference. and the, What happens is someone gets up and says, John Hyde got and sort of said why he thought it was a good idea, then someone gets up and says why it's a bad mm-hmm. idea, and then Alana McTiernan says she thought it was a good idea, and then someone gets to speak against it. And they go back and forth five or six times. And Kate Doust, um MLC, who is sort of in the area out towards uh, Victoria Park, out yep. towards uh, Armadale, she said that she thought people in... The, the inner city were ready for it, but people in the suburbs weren't yet. <laughs> Come on. You know? And we actually went out. We actually polled, just a quick, you know, straw poll, straw poll. 100 mm-hmm. people in outer suburbs of Perth, um, 100 people in Joondalup, 100 people in Armadale, and said, would you support marriage equality? And the numbers came back exactly the same as what they were on the national average, up Paws. in the high 60s, early 70s, mm-hmm. people, if you stop 100 people and ask them. Not scientific, but a bit of a gauge on it. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. And we just seem to see the same arguments round and round in circles. And and this whole notion that the world will end.
2: Bring in marriage equality and the world will end. No, it won't. No. And we will People, it's like what happened in the States, you know, people got married and they still get divorced, whether they're heterosexual or not. It's gonna happen. Relationships yeah. will evolve and go on and the end of the world will not happen.
0: Round and round we go. Exactly. This has been a lot of fun, Mark. Thank you for so much for coming in and joining us. Thank you for having me. Uh, we want to give a big shout-out to our sponsor at City Signs. If you'd like some signage done, they're the guys to go check out. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share it with a friend. We'd love it if you gave us a review on iTunes. And subscribe so you don't miss out an episode. You can join in the conversation about this show on Twitter using the hashtag Soloquacious, or head to our SoundCloud page at soundcloud.com forward slash out in Perth, where you can add your comments on the timeline. If you'd like to connect with the team from out in Perth, you'll find us at outinperth.com. And until next time, remember be vocal, be loud, and be so fabulous and so loquacious. (laughs) See you next time.
1: Bye-bye.